Alrighty, welcome back. Now you're about to witness a live coaching session with a friend of mine, Matt. We're going to be talking about different social confidence issues. And uh, Matt's agreed to be very open and honest and vulnerable, so hopefully you'll all respect that. And you'll get a chance to see what it's like to get coaching with me in real life. This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Munro. Thanks for thanks for agreeing to do this call, man. And um, yep. you know, we'll do the recording and I want you to kind of put it out of your head that it will be use publicly you'll you'll have a chance to review it and decide if anything needs to be taken out or whatever yeah sure no no because one of the difficulties with with doing that is it might bring up some resistance and you to be fully open and vulnerable yeah sure no i can understand that um i'm i kind of i'm gonna just i'm used to kind of being vulnerable in these kind of situations because you don't get the results otherwise so you have to kind of be prepared to ask and answer questions that don't make you feel comfortable. It's just years and years of doing therapy and stuff like this. So mm. kind of, I've got that kind of that attitude. I think that's where it's got, why it's got me where I am today. So uh, I couldn't agree more, man. I can only work with what you give me. Yeah. And, uh, the more honest you are, the more accurate the information is, the better we can get, uh, get leverage from that. So yeah, I appreciate you doing that, man. And, um, We've we've spoken a long time ago, right? Yeah, good. years ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. Lots happened since then. I've kind of gone on my own kind of journey, and I've kind of been using your podcasts along the way. Mike Mike McPinlax as well. Mm. I used to be a bit of a bit of an information junkie. I used to just absorb, 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 and then I kind of cut right back down. I kind of. There's, I've kind of hit a saturation point of information, and it's just kind of like there's there's only so much you can take, and you kind of realise for every good kind of person putting out info, there's five others that aren't so good. Mm-hmm. So I've kind of been a bit more been a bit more selective, and kind of looking at and I think a perfect example recently was Lewis House, and how I was a big fan of his, and then he got caught cheating. So mm-hmm. it kind of, it was very much, hmm, living by your values, I don't think so. So I kind of, it's a little bit hard for me to kind of watch his stuff kind of now because of all the kind of the public persona and then all the kind of dirty laundry getting aired. I know it's what goes on closed doors, but when it's something that is so anchored to you as a person, I found that kind of a bit hard to swallow. And the fact that he didn't put his hands up and said, I've screwed up but he didn't. He just deleted comments, which I thought was pretty childish. So there's a big, the self-help sphere, it's as much as it's great, there are, it's flawed. And I, and I know that I'm a realist. So I'm glad you see that, man. I had a similar watching the idol fall with, with Lewis Howes. I had another one with the uh, comedian, Jim Jeffries recently, similar concept. Yeah. You know, the behind the scenes stuff is revealed and, it's a difficulty with our this industry is often the biggest, brightest, shiniest stars had to do some dodgy stuff to become that shiny. Um, they had to hide mm. stuff. And if you're like us and you're focused on honesty and authenticity, um, it's, you have to dig deep to find the role models because they don't shine um, quite as bright. They're just quietly living their lives. Excellent, man. Well, I, um, yeah, I've, It'll take us probably all week to catch up on what's happened between our two meetings. Um, so it's probably better that we just focus on here and now. Sure. And I know you've given me little bits and pieces, and I know, of course, a bit of your backstory. But what are we here to talk about today? Like, where are you at and where are you trying to get to? I've kind of, since the last, obviously, I'll just cycle back a bit. I've kind of, in the last five years I've kind of made a lot of headway I've kind of had some things kind of happen good and bad and I've kind of come out the other side of them and I kind of want to keep the momentum going I've got I've 
I had to hit some really low points and kind of pick myself up. And then I just kind of managed to, especially like the last couple of years, I managed, I've really managed to turn some corners and had some big aha moments. And I kind of want to kind of carry on from that. Um, there was one incident a couple of weeks ago, I think I told you about this, where I got ditched halfway through a date. And a couple of years ago, that would have completely destroyed me. But it's kind of been really, I kind of saw it as something like, well, if this is the only result of rejection, then what's the worst that can happen? And that kind of was like, I just, my first reaction was to laugh. And obviously you have the feelings of not feeling great. No one should just have to go through it. But the fact that I could, I took it the way I took it. And I was like, actually, I'm stronger than I think. So it's just kind of wanted to build on that momentum, really. I kind of, I'll hit a plateau and then I can't get any further. And I'll just kind of go around and I want to kind of just push through and kind of keep keep going. I'm, 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 I like to think I'm quite a resilient person and I just want to kind of build on that. Good. Yeah, I got to say, getting... Um getting ditched halfway through a date. I mean, if you can handle that, uh, there's not much more the world can throw at you socially. No, it'll just be extrapolations of that. You know, you can have that happen, say with more people, but it's the same concept. If you understand, you know, the idea like this is not going to happen with someone who's good for me. It can only happen with someone who's not right for me, or if it, it can happen with someone who's right for me, but I didn't behave authentically. You know, that's the good thing. I thought I was behaving authentically. I was kind of like saying, I'd rather be, I'd rather, I was questions of honesty. And I kind of thought I was, I wasn't trying to gain anything. It was just kind of like, see what happens. And uh, and you have those kind of questions like, what did I do? What did I say? Did I do? And you can't live like that. It's just, you just eat yourself up otherwise. And, I've kind of the, the the things of like the living honesty. No one's hundred percent perfect, but I'd like to think I can. I I can. I'm building on that, and just another other things. Courage is another one. I think is a value that kind of rings to me. So good. Well, the way I see it, if somebody uh, rejects you for being honest, then you they just did you a favor. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Um, of course, you're allowed to feel like, oh, when it happens. I mean, it's just, you go on a date, you want it to go well, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and when it doesn't, when it goes like, like that, which you've been, you know, taught to believe is a terrible thing, there's going to be a reaction. I've been stood up before there. and, I've, I've, and I've had the, the first dates where, not, where it's kind of like there was no spark and I can deal with that. That's happened before, but it's just like, this is a new one. Mm. It's a story. It's a story to tell, and it's kind of my. I've gotten to the point in dating where it's like, let's just see what happens. I'm kind of like, expectations are nice, but I know it's better to just kind of see how they pan out. Couldn't agree more, man. Which uh, I guess brings us to this concept of a plateau. So I think for me to help you with the idea of building momentum, I need to know what you mean by. The plateau what does it mean to lose that momentum just kind of hitting static and like for example from from the kind of goals i have at the moment i have a job i like um in publishing it's that it's kind of that's kind of going is is in a bit of a point where i kind of want to see where i could how things pan out um Living wise, I'm rent, renting a place, and that's okay at the moment. Things are just—they're just kind of okay. They're not exceptional. They're not amazing. It's the cherry on the top. That's kind of—that's the kind of um, thing I'm kind of aspiring for. It sounds like things are comfortable, but not exciting or thrilling or. Kind of like, well, I found the, what I'm supposed to be looking for kind of thing. I think so. I've, obviously, there's things like doing traveling. I've, I've got things in my life that I've got. I've got good 
good network of friends, which when I was a kid, I thought I would never have because I came from having, being socially awkward. Whether you put that down to the Asperger's or not, I don't know. But I've kind of, again, that kind of, I managed to, from the previous call I had with you, that I managed to get rid of a lot of the shame off of that. And I kind of realised, actually, I've got quite multiple groups of friends. And I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a butterfly or a chameleon. I just know a lot of people from different walks of life. And I'm able to not slot in, but I've got the the room for manoeuvre. And and things I'm into into gigs, into writing, DJing. I've got passions and I just kind of like, well, so what can I do to kind of get me to next level stuff really? Am I, is that making sense? It is in terms of in general, like I get what you're, what you're saying that kind of level up. Um, what I'm trying to figure out is the specifics. Two things immediately come out to me. One is, it could be that everything you've got going on could be appreciated more perhaps um, with the right perspective. Sometimes when people come to me and I know this from my own personal experience, if they're highly ambitious, if they always want more all the time, there can be a little bit of a sickness in that this kind of inability to be satisfied this never good enough, never enough concept. And I wonder how much of that is going on. I can. I. I think I've, that's 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 been something that's been present in 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 my kind of psyche. I'm not looking to be a millionaire. I'm looking to just be happy. Um, I think I kind of like my 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 ideal life is like living like Fenris from Dark Throne, if you know who he is. Um, quite famous musician in the black metal scene. He there's a documentary and he's just him in his apartment and just kind of like. That's kind of how I would like to live my life, just having that kind of space and just kind of, I suppose, I wouldn't say living a rock and roll lifestyle excessively. To me, rock and roll is kind of living, living the, the life I want to live, but being being true to myself. I think that's why, because I kind of, I grew up in the punk rock and metal scene, so I kind of have seen what people do living by, living by their values and I kind of try and take that on. Okay, we're getting a little bit clearer now, I think. Um, you know, I've talked about values and stuff before, I'm sure. And yeah. if you get into my podcast stuff, you hear me yapping about it all the time. Um, what I'm trying to figure out, is this the not good enough story? Or is this you're actually seeing a potential for greater valued living in yourself that's not being um, embodied? That Usually it's a mixture of both. I find when somebody's dissatisfied with their current situation, it's like actually you could appreciate your current situation a lot more and you would appreciate it more if you're living by your values more in that situation. Mm. You know, there's a uh, Mark Manson's book, subtle art of not giving a fuck. It's on my reading list. I, I yeah. like Mark stuff. There's the, he's one of, he's quite someone I've, um, I like, I, I'm drawn to, I, I like his, um, th- his cutting through the, through the, the white noise approach yeah and and he's i think he's particularly relevant in this situation because he talks about how humans are wired for dissatisfaction that's part of our evolution to constantly be looking for a better way um but that can get to the point where we lose sight of creating a meaningful life because we're always just looking for this ephemeral more or just looking for more better faster stronger without really knowing why so one of the things that's coming through clearly is actually lack of clarity. You say you want more and you want to get out of the plateau, but you don't seem to be entirely clear on what more even means. I suppose, yeah, go I ahead. The, 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 the relationship, a relationship will be that next level, potentially. The, the, I suppose I'm kind of double and contradicting myself a little bit. Like it's, Something I've always wanted because I've never had a long a, a relationship. Um, I dated, but I've never kind of had that kind of connection with somebody. And I think it's only taken. It's I'm a, I can I think I I used to be quite harsh on myself, and actually it's like well, 
you, I, I think with me it is the road less travelled. I will have to go the long way round to find things, and I can deal with that because that's that's the way. I, and I and I learn. I think I've learned more lessons that way than someone taking the short, quick road and then realizing actually that there's all the problems that kind of come up from that getting too going too fast, too high, too soon. So. You know, you identify something very key there, starting with the last thing first, which is for those people who this kind of thing comes naturally and it's not a challenge, they miss out on all the lessons that come from when it is a challenge and all the strength that can be built in that. That can be somewhat of a small condolence, you know, to know that that's, that's kind of what you get out of it being so much harder. Um, but you know what stands out for me the most is it's something I see a lot and I, I saw it in myself. The idea that something you haven't had is the missing piece and that satisfaction will follow the accomplishment of that goal. So you've got this kind of image in mind, like once I have a relationship, then, then I'll be complete. Uh, that seems to be coming through and straight away that sets off alarm bells for me. Okay. And what I mean is not that it's wrong to go for a relationship or that you wouldn't enjoy one. It's the mindset where it's the missing piece that you are incomplete without it. That's the red flag for me. Okay. Now the reason I say that is because if that's true, if you believe like this is the last box to tick, I promise you that even ticking that box is only going to create the next box. Yeah. Because then you'll be like, well, now I've got to be a father. Now I've got to be a millionaire and whatever. Things you don't even want now will suddenly become things you want because you haven't had them before. Mm. What, I'd, what I'd sort of plant a seed with straight away is, okay, there is a lot of great, like very solid scientific research to say that if you can get yourself a great partner, your quality of life goes through the roof and you live longer and everything, you just you're more likely to have a good life if you've got a good connection with your partner than you are if you're either in a bad relationship or single. That's a general thing, though, and there will be people who that does not apply to at all. In fact, the opposite would be true. And you never know which one you are until you've experienced it and judge for yourself. I'm used to a bit. I think I'm quite, uh, I wouldn't say solitary. I can be around people and then I'll need time to decompress. Like I'm quite calm. I, it, it, you, the loneliness factor used to be something that I found quite hard to readjust to, adjust to, and then I've kind of, I've, I've, I've managed to kind of get my, get myself into that kind of groove. Yeah. And just realizing actually, yes, I can be around people, but I like my own company too. And that's and being alone isn't is not. So a good friend of mine told me you're not alone if you're in someone's thoughts. So slightly hippie-ish, but um, it's kind of realising to kind of appreciate the connections that I do have. Absolutely. In that uh, you can always add more connections, but if you don't appreciate any of them, it's, you know, it's like food that's just empty calories. There's no nutrition to it. I think, again, what stands out to me is you're looking for something outside of yourself to feel complete. And that's a red flag for me because that's a bottomless pit. You will always feel that there's something missing. You, you ask anyone who's been single for like forever and then finally got a partner how long that high lasted for. And once they got into the real relationship with the real problems and the issues, suddenly the yearning comes back and the hunger comes back for more, for better. You know, the most common issue for a guy who really struggles with, with women in relationships after he gets his first relationship is jealousy. All of a sudden now he's like, and it's actually jealousy quite specifically about her sexual history and him feeling behind, less than. So a guy will have a, like a, shall we say, an inexperienced history. He'll get with a girl. She'll have had a robust history, shall we say. And then he'll start thinking, maybe I should sleep with more girls. Maybe I need to catch up. Now that I've got one, maybe I should get more. And this kind of thinking comes in and wrecks the whole experience for him. And that's really common. I get emails every week about this. What I think is 
here, here's what I propose. If you get to the point where your own behavior is so satisfying to you that it doesn't matter what you do for a job or whether or not you're single, that will be the best possible mindset to find a partner. Okay. The satisfaction first, partner second, rather than the other way around. Because to put it like really frankly, for a start, you've made heaps of progress on this. You're actually like really close to what I'm talking about. So much closer yeah. than when we first spoke. You just still got this little bit of a limiting belief where I'm not finished until X happens. External to me. Someone loves me. Someone wants to be with me. Their decision making, which is completely out of your control. I personally believe, and this is where my own opinions and beliefs come in quite strongly and bias my perspective, is that that sense of completeness that you're looking for can be achieved entirely on your own. And this doesn't mean like, this isn't like MGTOW, men going their own way. This is, no. this is about being, put it this way, Neil Strauss puts it really beautifully. He says, everyone's out there trying to find someone of value instead of trying to become someone of value. So everyone's out there trying to get a partner rather than trying to be someone who would be an awesome partner to have. And it's in that journey, becoming the person that you would want your daughter to date, that you actually become so satisfied with your own behavior that the loneliness is gone because you're with your own best friend all the time. You, you like you. Once that happens, you go on a date. It doesn't matter if they like you or not, but you're enthusiastic, you're motivated, you're real. How they react doesn't matter. They want to be your partner, fine. They don't, fine. Because you go home with you every night and that's that's good enough. Yeah, I never really got into the, thankfully never got into the pickup scene. I read the game and I was like, you've gone on this journey and you ended up with a relationship by doing the complete opposite to what you, what you were taught. Made no sense to me. I, I kind of, there's a bit the pickup. I can see the pickup scene kind of changing a bit. With um, the, I look at the RSD guys like Julian and a couple of the others, and then looking at other kind of pickup like um, oh, James Marshall, and they're kind of taking their big kind of steps away from it all. I'm just like things change. Neil Strauss's latest book, The Truth. He just drops it all and starts being honest instead finally finds what he's looking for you know i just kind of the fa the fact that there's that episode of the big bang theory where powers uh, is it's a blatant two fingers up to the pickup community he's got the eye patch the peacocking he's telling he's negging i'm thinking that's if that's not a, a piss take i don't know what is so i i kind of i i, I i'm trying to be authentic and you kind of you do kind of look look under yourself under a microscope. But I kind of got told once, well, if you don't end up in a jail cell, a hospital, on a night out, that's usually a good sign. You know, there's so one you, thing that really go ahead. There's one thing that really defines pickup. And you know, pickup is all these different types and strategies, but there's one thing that defines it, and that is overall the female's approval is the top of the hierarchy. Mm. Every form of pickup eventually comes down to get the girl. What I'm suggesting for you is even though you might not be into pickup, your mindset currently still has that element to it where I need her, then I'm complete rather than I need to get complete. Then I'll go find her. That little tweak, I mean, that's the tweak that changed my life. That's how I exited pickup. Was like, rather than trying to find a girl to complete me, I'll try to become a guy who is complete. So if someone was to become my partner, they're going to think they hit the fucking jackpot. Not in terms of money or looks or social status, but in terms of quality of character. Like I found the good one in the, in the dross, you know, in the mess of, needy insecure dudes out there you know I, I was thinking about this just the other day like 
you know you've kind of made it when you would recommend your own daughter find someone like you. You know, yeah. You hope that she brings someone like you home. Yeah. You know? So what I suggest is a slight tweak in your focus from trying to get a relationship. In terms of leveling up, instead of trying to not be single, as being in a partner is the level up is to impressing yourself so much that you're thrilled just with you. Yeah. And I kind of saw bits of glimpses of it in Canada. Like I had that kind of nothing to lose mindset. Um, I got chatting to a waitress and it was kind of like, it was a compliment. It wasn't a, it was a compliment. It's like you remind me of Claire Danes and it was nothing. And it was kind of having that John Cooper, I'm men dropping, but I'm just using them as it's like, well, you don't have to pick every flower to appreciate them. And it's just kind of just that kind of level of connecting. And it's kind of weird because you go to a different country and you not become a different person, but you kind of, the, you see stuff in yourself. And then when you come back, you kind of revert to type. And I don't really want to do that. Now you're, you're bringing up a really good point here. One thing I've seen a lot in people is they see the best version of themselves when they go traveling because they're out of their social circle. They're away from all the obligations that they've mentally placed on themselves. They're free finally to be whatever the fuck they want. And they take risks that they would never take at home. And they come back and that feels like a reset. Like you come back and you like settle into the old groove and the limitations that you placed on yourself. I want to put it out there, there's been an underlying concept that we haven't worded yet. And maybe it's my own biases, like I'm looking for something that's not there. But I think what's missing for you is like full freedom. I want to run that past you and see how that resonates. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably stuff that I put on myself. My things I have in my head, perceptions of other people. Um, I, I, yeah, that, that kind of does kick some stuff up and kind of having to, the, the kind of being, being very kind of quiet as a kid and kind of not saying anything and kind of bottling stuff up now I'm kind of like getting more comfortable with like voicing my own opinion. And I think I'm, I can probably guess where the kind of, the, 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 where this kind of goes down is the boundaries thing. And I got told once you don't have the, you, you, you need to respect your boundaries more. It's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know where exactly where I've heard that before. So I think, uh, I know that there's, I think there's, that there's certain bits where there's room for improvement. And I think that's, that's one boundaries, whether that is, that's my general, I'm, I've always kind of been non-confrontational and I've usually um, just kind of gone better to say nothing. And sometimes it, there's been, there's been times when I've kind of actually said something and I've done, done it probably good ways and I've done confrontation even recently quite badly <laughs> so it's kind of like it's kind of mastering that art good this is you know early in the call I make my little notes I look at halfway yep. in my notes I write honesty plus courage I always write down value words when somebody says them you said both sure. of those words I, I'd suggest if you're talking about boundaries and the combination of honesty and courage required to set boundaries, it's not a relationship that you need to level up on. It's actually your own values. You and I both know the sort of nice guy history and people pleasing what it's like, you know, and not, you know, there are so many different types of nice guys out there, but there's certain things they all have in common. Boundary setting issues is one of them. Yeah. The guy who throws a big tantrum after holding it in all week. And then there's a the guy who silently withdraws and gets walked all over 
and there's all sorts of other. I've been, I've been all those at some point down the line, um, and I've kind of, I've come to terms with like the nice guys, the nice guy syndrome, and again, as Robert Glover, opened my eyes so much, and looking and kind of looking at the behaviours, and kind of looking at the realizing actually there's the things it's well, there's always been kind of like things like the covert contracts the um, expectations um, all sorts of things that the kind of that, that, that tie into that so I've I, I've seen reading a book of like yep tick list tick list tick list and kind of getting better understanding and hitting the points and kind of being able to to recognize it and accept that it that was that is a part of me but it doesn't have to define me now so what i'd put to you is when it comes to boundaries or shall we use the word confrontations my definition of confrontation is any form of truth or honesty that you believe is going to create a reaction that's difficult to manage. Now that's, that's how I define a confrontation and a boundary is a type of confrontation where you're asking someone to adjust their behavior in order to respect you. Okay. What I'd suggest is for you, confrontations can be anything from telling someone to stop their behavior through to telling someone you're attracted to them through just expressing disagreement in a political argument. There's all sorts of versions of confrontations where the other person reacts with something other than happiness, you know, or at least you suspect they're going to and you take the risk. My experience, and not just my own life, but many dozens of clients that I've worked with, confrontations is where you really level up because they're always the most uncomfortable conversation to have. No matter what level you're at, your version of a confrontation at that level is the hardest thing for you to do socially. And I'd put it to you that if you want to level up, this is the area to focus on. Because not only does it strongly live by your values to engage in confrontations, but you're going to build self-respect which is what I think you suspect the relationship is supposed to provide for you, this feeling of respect and love from another person. I think if you were to witness yourself setting boundaries like you never have before, you're going to create that feeling internally. You're going to respect yourself. What do you think about that idea? Yeah, that's... I Yeah that's something that, is, that rings pretty true it's kind of like so uh, it's just like again i think i know and i know i'm i think i can see my faults a lot more now than i've did before and i know the it's all i, I could probably wax lyrical the theory like i have been doing now it's just the taking the action point is that's always been my sticking point that's always been something I've kind of, it's that kind of bridging the gap between the practice and the theory. And that's the bit that is the, the thing that I've always kind of, I've known, I've always known. It's not nothing new, like confrontation boundaries, however you want to put it. But it's always been something that I've kind of, it's just something I'm not, I'm not comfortable with. But I know it's something I've got to do because otherwise I'm not going to grow. I'm pretty enthusiastic about this because the way I see it, if by the end of the call, we can give you the bridge from theory to practice and you actually know you'll be able to walk that bridge, this whole world opens up to you. And I can tell you right now at this point, I'm very confident that we can create that bridge okay. that we can take it from talking about it to doing it without feeling terrified, without losing your job, you know, without, whatever it is your word's going to happen if you confront and i promise you it's not really a skill-based thing you can get better at confrontations i certainly did but to actually have them just enough to respect yourself 
you've already got everything you need. If you know how to speak the English language, you've got enough. I promise you that. This is not a skill problem. This is a courage problem. Okay? And courage problems can be solved. I promise you, at the age of 21, I was more scared of confrontation than I was of death. And I have no doubt about that. Uh, and I had been my entire life. You know, if my parents started yelling at me, I get this, like, I always felt like I had a red hot orange stuck in my throat. Like, I couldn't talk because otherwise I'd just cry. Mm. I'd hold it in. And what I led was to a lifetime of moderating my preferences until I'd actually talk myself out of a confrontation successfully. I would talk myself into agreement if disagreement would have caused a problem. You know, I, I did a post on Facebook the other day, I think it was, about how people pleasers pride themselves on being moderate, on seeing both sides of the story. You know, being like, yeah, well, I can see why you think that and blah, blah, blah. But without realizing it's actually a cop-out, this is how you don't set a boundary. This is how you don't get in the fight, you know, as you be on everyone's team. But deep, deep down, you do actually have preference. You are not just 50-50 on this issue. I, I call it 51-49. People please know deep down there is a stance they do want to take on everything from what should we eat for dinner through to is Brexit a good idea and everything in between. You have strong views. It's when you come up against someone where you know asserting those views it's going to create some sort of emotional conflict. Okay. The first thing I want to plan in your head, this is not a how-to problem. You're not lacking the ability to have a confrontation. You're lacking the perspective to make this unterrifying. Does that make sense? Yeah. You yeah. see it as scarier than it is, put it that way. Tell me about your limitations when it comes to you not confronting. What are we talking about? I think there was a, some, an example was um, taking um, a, a kind of a, back, a quip about my political beliefs. And I just kind of said, I pretend I didn't hear that because it's just like, I haven't got the energy to argue with you. I'm not going to win. It's the it, it was, it's kind of knowing how to pick battles, but at the same time, I'm kind of thinking, well, I could have I could have done that, but it would have opened up a can of worms. And it's like it's not. It's sometimes to me, it felt like you know what, I'm not going to go down that road. And part of me, part of me's thinking. Should I have set a boundary or should I have confronted that? But part of me was kind of like, I think I did the right thing and just kind of going, not happy about that, but I just kind of backed away. And it's kind of, that's kind of split me into thinking, could I have done that better? I'd like to think I did the more mature approach. And then a part of me thinks, well, I could have called them out on it. But it's like, you know what, it's... I don't know. That's I've kind of. It, I think that's from, from your perspective. What do you think would have been the, the best path to take on that? I think the most important thing to recognise is that you're still thinking about it. It bothers you. Yeah. If you live strongly by your values, it won't bother you. However, it ends up. Now that can also partially partially be one of your barriers to confrontation, as you think you need to win. Okay. I, I tell you, the ultimate release from fear of confrontation is realizing you don't. You can lose. Because even in losing, you win self-respect. You don't have to change someone else's mind. In fact, it's very unlikely that you will. Most people, very difficult to change their mind, especially when they're emotionally agitated. Even I can't do it, right? This isn't about changing other people. You've got to understand confrontation is not for them, it's for you. So you see you protect yourself. 
not so you dominate others. Right? And this applies to relationships. One of the only like, I got a few healthy things out of my time in pickup that I carried on with me. And one of those is, if you don't stand up to her, she won't be able to believe that you can stand up for her. If you want people to respect you and you want the love of your life to see you and see that you're a good partner, she'll need to see that you've got balls. That when it counts, you will not allow someone to walk on you or anybody that you care about for that matter. Even if they're too big and strong for you and they end up beating you, they need to see that you fought. That you're willing to go down with the ship, you know, rather than running away. Pick your battles, can of worms. I hear these words all the time from people pleasers who are afraid of confrontations. It's their get out of jail free card. Mm. It's okay to pick your battles once you know for sure you can do all of them. When you know that you can confront anyone, anytime, in any situation, then you pick your battles. Until you're certain of that, there's no picking of battles. You fight them all. Okay. It's not that you did the wrong thing with the example you gave me. Come full circle, when you get to 100% confidence, that might be the option you choose anyway in that situation. It's why you chose that option that's the problem. You didn't choose it out of values, you chose it out of fear. You backed down because you thought you were going to lose, rather than fighting to the death. Fighting to the death would have impressed yourself. And I don't literally mean fighting, and I don't literally no. mean death. No. But I mean standing up for yourself in the face of a stronger enemy. That's what you need to see in yourself for self-respect. You need to see that David versus Goliath moment. We did it just for the, for the principle of doing it. You know, open up the can of worms. The can of worms is what you're afraid of. That's the thing to face. The beast that comes out after you say, hey, that's enough of that. And the person goes, what? And it begins. You don't trust that you can handle that moment because you haven't seen the evidence that you can handle that moment. And the only way you're going to see that is if you create it. It doesn't mean you have to stay there until you're humiliated or whatever. You just have to stay in there a bit longer than you wanted to. That's all. To just push a little bit harder and then back down. Not back down at the automatic want to back down point. Does this make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where I get kind of excited because your, your current fear-based reaction to confrontation is the withdraw neutral reaction. The, this isn't worth it. Pick your battles. Don't want to make a hassle. It's not that important to me. It's just all a story to say back down. What's good is you actually did step up a bit and then you back down. What I'd suggest is you didn't step up enough to satisfy your courage. You could have done more. Or should I say you could do more next time? Hmm. It's weird because you just don't think it's hindsight. It's like, mm. actually, and it kind of makes you think, well, where do I need to put boundaries? And, and sometimes thinking, well, do I actually have, and then you kind of, you kind of, but I think that's only something you kind of come across in your everyday as you're going along. You don't see them when they don't come up until you've probably seen them in your headlight, in your rear view mirror. So, but I, I can, I think that's it's given me something to think about. Definitely, so I, I think that's the way is why I kind of touch base to you again. It's because like it's it's like working with a PT. You don't spot your mistakes until you, you actually see someone critiquing you. Like I had a PT session the other day, doing one arm rows. It's like actually you need to lift your chest up and get a better range of motion. It's like okay. I've got that kind of mindset now to kind of like you're only you're only as good as the next thing. Whether that's prescribing to going back or turning back around on the good not good enough factor. I kind of had that with my DJing, like whenever I did a night, it was like, well, you're only as good as your next one. And that's kind of all I ever saw. It's like I, I did it, did it, 
enjoying it, miss doing it, want to get back into it again. But it's that kind of I always thought you're only as good as the next the next time within this can't you can't rest on the laurels. And whether my own kind of thinking, yeah, I don't want to get trapped in the comfort zone. I guess I said you don't grow. Confrontations in terms of personal growth, they're like the final frontier for most people, except for like uh, quite like aggressive, extroverted people. For most people, confrontation is the hardest thing. Those uncomfortable conversations. There are a small percentage of people who fucking bathe in them and love them. You can see them. They stir up shit all the time or they're deliberately provocative, certain comedians, such. They just love causing a stir. Most people don't. You know, most of us, our ancestors, as I always say, we're alive because our ancestors were social pussies. They avoided the confrontations that were risky, and that's why we're here today. Because for a long period of time in human history, the people who didn't avoid those died. Or they won the battle and became the king. It was all or nothing. Whereas the rest, the little peasants in the villages, just kept their mouths shut and lived long enough to have kids. And we've got that biology. But this is what I think, man, is if you can see yourself step up, not wind, step up. That's all. You just have to assert. You don't have to be aggressive. You don't have to win or dominate. You just have to do your best to not lose. It's different to winning. Losing is when you walked away and let yourself down. All right? Other person beating you because they're stronger or wittier or more articulate or they've, you know, they've got their biting kind of I call it um, hostile banter, where they make it a joke, but it's actually really personal and painful. You know, there are people out there who are really good at like bringing you down and so on. You don't need to beat those people. You don't need to out manipulate them. You just need to walk away knowing like, I stood my ground. I didn't run. I didn't use the pick my battles or can of worms excuse this time. Your biggest enemy is not, it's not your strength. Courage isn't really about strength. It's about wisdom. It's about knowing that you can handle something. And, and, and cowardice is usually believing that you couldn't handle something, even though the truth is you could. You can handle someone having a big emotional reaction. You just stand there. You don't need to be a master psychologist to just stand there and listen to them go, why'd you say that? Man, man, man. You can do that. You'll be massively uncomfortable while it's happening, but you're, you know, unless they've got weapons, you're not going to die, you know. Um, as you mentioned, hindsight, your biggest issue is you're going to have these autopilot reactions to avoid confrontation, maybe even prevent them happening in the first place, which you won't see until later because they're going to sound so rational. Pick your battles, not worth it. I don't even care that much about this topic. I don't have the time to talk about this right now. You're going to have these little, like, Delay tactics that sound really fucking reasonable when they happen. You're like, huh, I'm just, I'm taking the high road. And then later on, lying awake at night, like, fuck, I should have said this and I should have said that. And you realize, whoops, that one got past me. I can't remember actually a point where I did kind of call someone out because they were being vulgar and it's like, you're being a dick. And the guy turned around and was like, I know. And I was like, you're being a dick. And it's just kind of like, I felt, I felt that was kind of like, okay, that's not necessarily a, it's not a competition. It was just like, you know what, actually, I kind of thought, I kind of felt, yeah, I lived by my values at that point. And it wasn't for sake of, for, for, for trying to start an argument, it's just like, actually. So I kind of, that was an, that's probably an example of where where I kind of followed through and was able, so I know I can do it. It's yeah. kind of being the confidence, and, and that's always been something I've really kind of had to kind of get, get not a lid on, but work on confidence. It's not something that comes naturally to me, and I accept that. I just kind of want to kind of build on that. So. It doesn't come naturally. You earn it through doing things like that. You're not going to feel confident before you do it. No. The critical limiting belief here, you don't wait to feel strong enough to do it. 
You do it while your knees are shaking and your voice is stuttering and your face is hot. You do it then. That's when you do it. Then you feel confident. Okay. That's going to be, this is the, the, the path, the point for you. Because what you did, that example you just gave, you're just being honest. That's all you're doing. That's all the confrontation is. Being honest when you feel really strongly compelled to not be. You know, which in your case would mean being silent instead of being honest. For you, a confrontation is simply in that moment where every voice in your head is saying, don't say it, you say it. That's it. Right? And I'd suggest to you that these opportunities are actually available to you every day, but your autopilot keeps like overriding them. And this will bring me to the concept that this is the practical tip coming now to make this really easy. It all comes down to preferences. What a nice guy does is he dulls his preferences and this is where he loses his sense of self. He becomes neutral on everything to reduce any likelihood of conflict. You know, where do you guys want to eat lunch? Oh, wherever, whatever you're happy with. You know, I don't really mind. From the little things like that through to like, okay, well, we're changing this company policy so you all have to work an extra five hours a day. Oh, well, I guess it'll give me time to train and blah, blah. You know, this kind of constant like moderation of what you want to what fits in, you know. What I'd suggest, and this is the tactic, is there's no more picking your battles is everything becomes a battle. And you only have to fight with one punch. I'll explain what I mean by this. Anytime there is a situation where a preference is brought up, you're for or against something, in or out, anything like that, you must choose. You're not allowed to say, I don't mind. You're not allowed to say, oh, you guys choose. You're not allowed to say, oh, I'm good either way. Never. You're not allowed to stay silent. You must pick a side and express that, that preference. It's actually in the little things where this really happens. When the team at work goes, oh, we're ordering pizza, and you just go, actually, I prefer Chinese. Now, you're still going to lose that vote. That's fine. But instead of going, oh, well, they've chosen pizza already, what's the point in speaking? You actually speak. Because you have that tiny preference towards something else. That's why I say 51%. You're not 50-50. You're actually 1% towards something. And you've got to treat that 1% like it's 100. Because it's actually much dulled down. You're more than 1% interested. It's just your natural nice guy mentality has numbed it down to as small as possible to get you off the hook from confrontation. What I suggest is you're looking to throw one punch every day. And I do not mean that literally. No, 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 no. Yeah. But when, you, when a preference option, opportunity comes up, you must choose a side and it must be genuine. Stop and you ask yourself, gun to my head if I had to choose one, even though everybody else is already whatever, what would I go for? And then you express that. You just give credit to what you really wanted, even if you're going to lose miserably. You can even do this by yourself. A great example I've been using lately is there's a, there's a park near me where I walk to the supermarket and there's like two footpaths through the park and they're equal distance. And I got to the fork where there's two footpaths. Now down one was a seat with all these hostile teenagers who were drinking and really loud, kind of intimidating little group of like 18-year-olds. And the other side, literally the sun was shining. There was birds and flowers. It was like this beautiful path. And the other one's all dark and damp. And it was just it was like cartoonish, these two options. This really easy, nice path and this kind of intimidating, uncomfortable path. And so I chose the uncomfortable one just because I was scared of it. That's the only reason. Now, I'm not actually confronting anyone. The teenagers left me alone. I'm in Czech Republic. Nobody does anything here. But I felt uncomfortable with it, so I had to do that one. Just to prove so I don't have to lose sleep at night thinking, did I just pussy out of that? Right? So it's this constant, like, what is the thing I'm uncomfortable to say? What is it I'm comfortable to do? What do I really want for myself here? And just expressing it. Does this make sense?
Completely. Completely. Can you think of examples or opportunities coming up where you will be in this crossroads situation? Possibly. Possibly. Um, it, it's given me food for thought. The the again another value integrity whether that kind of divvies up as honesty and courage combined but that's it, it's 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 ringing true and I think sometimes you have to have someone look outside inwards to kind of see where you where you need kind of the, the, the help and as I said I can't I know I've come so far and I kind of want to. I, I know this is this is going to be a. It's there's no. It, it's a never-ending process, and that's what I like is that you can never you can never stop developing and learning, because there's always different things that will get thrown up. So, I kind of want to come into my twenties. Felt like the wilderness years a little bit. Didn't really find myself. Thirties. I'm having the best time right now, and I kind of want to keep that going. So I think it's like people, it's the misconceptions like your teenage years and your 20s are supposed to be the best. They don't have to be. I can't say hand on heart that they were. There's good bits and bad bits, but it's just kind of like the, 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 the markers in life don't have to be what people say. I found like the best, like again, it's like birthdays, 18, 21. I thought my 19th was better than my 18th. Uh, all those it, it's 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 people's expectations set against me. It's like actually, I kind of want to go on my own, go on my own path. Not MGTOW, but that kind of I dance the beat of my own drum, and that's kind of the value I've wanted. Whether that's free is the value of freedom. I don't know, but I kind of that that's kind of where I where I'm at and. I think that the, the the tips given would probably get me get me further. So I agree. If somebody says that their teenage years were the best years of their life, then they're doing it wrong. You know, completely. Um, but yeah, I, I I genuinely believe, in my opinion, is that confrontations are really the level up for you. And it's going to be as simple as you just not allowing yourself to be on the fence about anything, not picking your battles, but taking all the battles as opportunities to grow your courage. One day you'll know, you'll know that you can do it anytime you want and then you pick your battles. But for now, if it's scary and uncomfortable in any way, going into it, you get courage points. And I haven't lost sight of the fact that you want a relationship. That's actually... I'm not deprioritizing that. No, no, no. no the no. second place. And the thing is, if you can get good at confrontations, it's one of the most counterintuitive things I've ever learned. It makes you 10 times more attractive to confident people. Okay. Your, your future girlfriend doesn't want you to be a pushover. All right. You'd be amazed at like how often, yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll tell my girlfriend off. I'm just like, she's just behaving badly. This is just not on. I know it's not on. This isn't like some deep psychological issue. She's just being a bit petty or whatever right now. Tell her off and I see this look come over her face. Like, oh, sorry. But she, I can tell, you know, and she's told me this herself. She's so glad that I'll do that. It means she trusts that I can be a father. She trusts that if people fuck with us, I'll do something about it. You know? And she trusts that I'm honest. She knows that, like, if I have a problem, she's going to hear about it. She doesn't have to worry. She never has to guess what I'm thinking. Right? This is what the gift of confrontation is. You show people, like, you get to see everything that's going on in my head. You never have to worry about me. Right? I can, you can trust me because if I'm having a problem, it's coming out. I'm never going to backstab you or gossip or set you up for some sort of revenge later on. I'm not going to be lying to you. And it also means that when you appraise someone and give them compliments, they can believe you because they know that you'll critique them as well. They know that if you say something, it's because you genuinely believe it. There's proof through confrontation. But this, the bridge 
Just be more honest about your preferences, especially with the small things where you don't think it matters. That's where your practice ground. You know, didn't like where somebody put your stapler in the office. Say it. Maybe they'll keep putting the stapler there forever. It doesn't matter if you don't change them. Just make sure you didn't talk yourself out of doing it because it wasn't the right battle. Say, dude, put my stapler on the, on the right corner, not the left corner. You know, I'm OCD as fuck. I hate it when it's on the left corner. Just say it. Rather than like, oh, I shouldn't complain about the stapler. It's not a big deal. Say it. It's all practice. Because then when you need to go for the big guns, tell someone to back off or whatever, you've been practicing all week. It won't feel like a big leap. Yeah? Yeah. Give it a go, man. I'm real excited for you because my personal bias on this, and I know it's pushed me and skewed me in this conversation, was that I thought my fear of confrontations was something I'd have to live with and suffer from for my entire life. And nowadays, I love confrontation. It's the complete opposite feeling. I never, I could never believe that would happen. I didn't believe it would be a source of like my greatest joy, you know, to stand up for myself, to protect other people, to like battle and debate. It's actually a lot of fun when you're doing it from a place where you're just trying to impress yourself and not trying to win. Let's see how you go with that, man. I want you to keep me posted. Yep. You had any barriers, you can let me know. But as you said, so. You've overloaded on information. It's doing that's required at this point. You can see it happen. And you've actually been doing a lot more than that than I think you give yourself credit for. Um, but this is what I think is the level up. So impressing yourself with some really bold honesty that, you know, getting out of your head and into the world with what you really want and what you don't want. Cool. Final thoughts or questions before we wrap it up? Don't think so. Um, I kind of just, just didn't have any kind of expectations with this. I just kind of wanted to see where I, what, what, where the hot, not that even the holes, that sounds like I'm, but some, just to kind of to, to see where I'm at and what, what, what are the points because you're able to just pick it pick it apart better than I am because you can't because again when you're in when you're in your head you don't see the, the things and sometimes you, you need the aha moments are only sometimes they have to be drastic and sometimes it's the little victories I think as you said there the training grounds there where you kind of get your get your um, get your find find where where, you, where they where the strengths lie absolutely man yeah and I'm, I'm no different to you. I need someone else to point out my shit as well. You know, we're all just climbing our mountains. We can see each other climbing. It's real easy to see the other person. But your own mountains are just a big chunk of rock in front of your face. It looks impossible sometimes. So, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad to talk to you after all these years, man, and see the change. And, you know, you, you're, look, some people, they get it handed to them. Other people, it's like catching drips in a bucket, you know? It's just small little bits, lots of struggle, and that's just the cards they're dealt. The upside, which is hard to um, appreciate sometimes, is that if you have to work hard for it, you become hard. You develop a lot of strength from that. Um, it's funny, somebody who's had it easy socially just will not have the strength that you're going to develop and that you already have developed and that will come through. Situations will test them and they will fold because they've never been tested. Whereas you have a situation like someone leaving halfway through a date, you have one bad night and you move on with your life. That's strength. And you've earned that. And all we've identified today is the next level of earning. You know, now you can get that even stronger layer of armor, you know, that you can carry for life. So keep me posted, man. Can't wait to see what happens with this. Will do. And uh, the key is to make sure you do it as soon as possible with something as small as you can, you know, within the next 24 hours. Find something to assert your preference on, even if it gets a bad reaction, and you'll be able to see this thing right away. Cool. All right, man. Let's wrap it up there. Thank you so much for the call. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for watching all the way through to the end. And if it appealed to you to get coaching in the same manner to what you witnessed, 
get in touch, dan at brojo.co.nz, and we can talk about options. Thanks again. Catch you next time.